Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Coming to you from Classic City, the capital of the Bulldog Nation, it's time for another edition of the podcast designed for the most die-hard Georgia fans in the country. Here are your hosts, Tyler and Charlie. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Glory UGA podcast, brought to you by our very good friends at Alumni Hall your home for all the best Georgia game day gear and accessories. You guys know the drill. I'm your host, Tyler, and joining me today for our week one picks of the week episode is my coach, Charlie. Charlie, you remember last year? You had the lead, at least straight up, like most of the year. Oh, I did. Most yeah, of I, the year, right? Most of the year, and, and then and then I and then I it, sucked it up at the end. You got? Can I say you 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 choked? I choked. You collapsed. Eh. Fell apart. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> I mean, I thought you. I got. I was pretty nervous. I mean, you were you were talking a little bit of trash. Like you played it coy all year. You kept claiming you didn't care, but deep down, I think you did. Like, do you really just not care if you win or lose these things? I know, it, like, there's no prize in the tunnel, but don't you want to win? I mean, yeah, but it doesn't really bother me. It's for fun. It is for fun, but you, do you not have that like gene where you just want to win no matter what? Not really, no. You, didn't, you did not grow up playing team sports, right? Correct. You were a gymnast, if I remember correctly. Correct. You were a gymnast. So that's, I guess that, you didn't do like a team competition? No. It's all individual? I mean, it was, but there were so many levels that everybody was just kind of spread out. So you were just more, kind of doing your own thing? Yeah. And, but you, even that, like, you didn't want to, like, just win for yourself? I mean, yeah, but, I mean, you do the best you can. And I don't know. I guess we were just raised differently. I was, like, raised to win at all costs. Like, literally, my dad, like, the earliest quote I ever remember my dad, like, instilling me was, old Vince Lombardi quote, winning isn't everything, it's the only thing. Have you ever heard that when your parents ever throw that at you? I have. I was indoctrinated into that mindset. So, even, like, little things like this, that, yeah, in the grand scheme of life, I get it. It doesn't really matter. But I want to win. So I was a little nervous there that I might not win last year. But I kept fighting. And I ultimately, at the end of the day, ended up edging you by one single game in the final standings. Uh, well, this year on the podcast, we all have a clean slate. And we're going to we're gonna adjust the format for these weekly picks just a little bit. We're going to continue to pick all the SEC matchups, at least like matchups between SEC teams and SEC teams playing Power 5 teams. And also, of course, to select big national games as well, like we have in the past. But this year, we're just going to get rid of the straight-up picks in the past. We've picked each game straight up and then also against the spread. But 
Like, there's just not that much drama there for most of the games if you're just picking straight up. And oftentimes, like, Charlie, we pretty much had the same picks last year for the most part, right? Straight up. Yeah. And, like, I remember you the last second. I'd make a pick, and you'd be like, okay, I'm going to change my pick because you just didn't want us to have the exact same picks every time, right? right? So there's not as much mystery there. So we're just going to throw those out the window. So for our official slate of games that we are picking each week this year, we're only going to be picking against the spread. However... There are a few little twists that we're also going to throw in there. We're also going to be picking at least, both of us will pick at least one upset special every single week. And that is a game where we are going to pick an underdog to win straight up. Not just to cover the spread, but to win outright. Okay, And we're also going to be giving you guys a lock of the week every week, which is the game we are telling you to like, hey... If you, if you are so inclined to actually lay down some, some actual bets, run the window, put your money down on it right now. Sports betting is spraying like wildfire through this country. The great state of Georgia and its infinite wisdom has yet to approve that. Hopefully that'll happen sooner rather than later. But it's spreading and we want to do our best to actually help you guys win some real money, some hard cash. We want to get you guys involved in it as well. Uh, normally we have in the past couple years we've had guests come on we've had listeners come on and do their picks with us it's going to be tough for us to do that this year with with charlie's schedule my schedule we're having to record earlier and most people aren't able to get on we're having to record so that's going to be tougher to do i'm not going to rule it out at some point having some some listeners on but right now what we're going to do because we still want to make sure you guys are involved we want to interact with you we're going to put all these games we're going to be picking each week. We're going to put them on Instagram and you guys will be able to vote there. So follow us on Instagram at Glory UGA Podcast. And I've got a lot of great content for you all season. That's another reason to follow us there. And you can make your voice heard. So it'll be like the total listener pick. So we'll keep track of my totals, my wins and losses, Charlie's win-loss record, and our listener win-loss record based on like the cumulative votes that you guys uh, put together there on Instagram with each of these games. So it's going to be a lot of fun. We try, still always try to be as interactive as we possibly can. So make sure to follow us on Instagram and let us know who you think is winning each of these games. But all right, I, I think that's it. I think that's all the stuff that needs to be said up front before we actually get to the pick. So Charlie, you are the host now. You have hosting duties. Where are we kicking things off? All right, we're going to start with the UNC Tar Heels traveling to Virginia Tech. This is a sellout game, and Lane Stadium will be rocking when Inner Sandman hits on Friday night. The Tar Heels are ranked number 10 and are favored by 5.5 in this game. Sam Howell is a highly ranked quarterback. We've heard all about him in the offseason, and he is one of the favorites for the Heisman talk because of it. While Virginia Tech lost their quarterback from last year to the transfer portal. And he's not even, he's like third string at Tennessee, Hinton Hooker. Yeah. He transferred there to, get, to be the starting quarterback and not only did not win the job, it's third string right now. That's tough. Maybe he just needed a change of scenery. Uh, maybe him and the coaching staff were having issues, potentially. Maybe. Well, the Hokies are ranked third in the ACC Coastal Division, but I don't think they'll be able to bounce back enough to cover the spread. So I'm going with UNC to cover. Ranked third in the Coastal Division. So they're predicted to finish third. Okay, yeah. Um, Okay, so who'd you have? Sorry, I was... UNC to cover. UNC to cover. I, Charlie, for the very first pick of the 2021 season, I am in total agreement with you here. In fact, let's go ahead and let's start off with a bang. Lock it up for me. This is my lock of the week. If you guys out there are the gambling type, and if you're not, cool, but if you are... 
This is the one. Put your money down on this. Now, I know it's at Lane Stadium. I know it's a Friday night. You're right, Charlie. It's going to be rocking. Inner Sandman's going to be pumping. What do you think about that as an entrance song? I mean, it's got a lot of energy to it. It's kind of for the older crowd. It's not even, it's the most, I guess the most popular Metallica song, like the most mainstream Metallica song, but it's not even the best Metallica song. It's not even the Metallica song that I would go with. I didn't even know that was Metallica. It makes sense though. But you know the song, you've heard the song. I do know the song. Right, okay. So yeah, I mean, look, good for them. It's better than most. Like it's, it is, I'll give them that, but uh, it's going to be rocking. There's no doubt there. So I understand why people might think, okay, this is a little bit of a game. It's, it's kickoff, you know, starting the season in Lane Stadium, Friday night, all eyes are going to be on that game. In North Carolina, they're losing a lot of skill talent from last year off a very, very explosive offense, but a lot of those players that made an explosive offense are now off the NFL. Two running backs gone, two top wide receivers are gone. I understand all that, but guys, here's the thing. Virginia Tech was not good last year, okay? Virginia Tech was, they were not even average, they were just simply not a good football team. And the guy that started most of the season for them, Hendon Hooker, he's gone. Now, Braxton Burmeister did get some starts last year. He's had, he does have a little bit of starting experience. Kind of dual threat-ish. But their offense wasn't great last year. It was okay. They're better offensively than they were defensively last year, which when's the last time you said that about Virginia Tech? But Khalil Herbert, the guy who transferred in last year for them as a running back, started off the year really strong. He's gone. He, he's not there. I just have questions about this offense. Where are the playmakers on this offense? Khalil Herbert was that guy for them last year. Burmeister has been solid. He has not shown me he's a playmaker at quarterback yet. I'm not buying that until I see it from him, and I haven't seen it yet. And then on the defensive side of the ball, guys, 103rd nationally on defense. 103rd nationally on defense. I mean, they must have buried that lunch pail six feet under, man. This doesn't resemble anything remotely close to a traditional old school Bud Foster defense. Bud Foster's moved on and their defense is kind of falling off the face of the earth here. Justin Fuente, in my opinion, is right at the very top, along with Scott Frost, on the hot seat list entering this 2021 season. Again, he very well, if they don't have a bounce back season, could lose his job. So I know there's motivation there, but I just don't know if the players are there to do much about it, especially in week one against North Carolina. Yeah, I know they lost some players. I know they lost Yami Brown. I know they lost Daz Newsom. Those guys were studs last year. But they've got some guys in the system that can come in and play wide receiver. Josh Downs, Bo Corrales, who missed most last year with some injury stuff with some health issues. Choffrey Brown, Yami Brown's brother. Uh, yeah, they lose Javante Williams. You lose Michael Carter running back. But you got Ty Chandler coming in as a transfer from Tennessee, one of those Tennessee guys that transferred out. And he never quite blew up to be a star at Tennessee, but I think he's got that kind of potential in that offense. He's a good receiver out of the backfield. They will use the running backs in the screen game. And then you mentioned it, Charlie. Sam Howell, he is the dude. That's the deciding factor. There's no way with Sam Howell at quarterback, they're going to lose Virginia Tech in this game. I just simply do not see it. Oh, by the way, I know North Carolina the first couple years in the Mac Brown tenure wasn't great on defense. They got 10 stars coming back on defense this year. They really improved towards the end of last season. Uh, you've got two really good cornerbacks, Tony Grimes, who we all wanted. He's coming as a sophomore, and you got Storm Duck, one of the great names in college football. Uh, you got Fox at linebacker. There are some good players in that defense. They're experienced. So I think North Carolina is only going to win this game. They're going. They're going. I don't, I'm not going to say they're going to say they're going to blow Virginia Tech out, but they're going to easily cover the five and a half. Lock it up. Let's go. All right. Thank you for keeping it time friendly. Yeah, I, 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 hey, I know, I know that you 
I've got things to do, places to be, people to see, and you just lose just focus kidding. when no, I talk too much. I was just kidding. Hey, economy of language is a good thing. I'm an, I'm, I'm a good guy, Charlie. More. I'm a good guy. I try I try to I try to help out where I can. No, it was a great breakdown. Thank you. All right, now we're going to move into the early slate for Saturday with the Wisconsin Badgers hosting Penn State in the noon slot. Wisconsin is favored to win the Big Ten West this year, and Penn State is looking to build off of a strong finish last year in 2020 and challenge Ohio State in the Big Ten East. Badger quarterback Graham Mertz is entering his second year as a starter, so we'll get to see if he's ready to take the next step and become an elite quarterback like we've been hearing during the offseason. We'll also see if James Franklin has had any success fixing the holes in his offense since last season. Obviously, this is the first game of the year, but expectations are high for both teams. With the game being played in Wisconsin, I guess I'm going to pick the Badgers to cover. Is this kind of a toss-up to you? Yeah. I kind of feel that way, too. Like, I get why Wisconsin's the favorite here. And maybe they'll win this game. I guess they'll probably win the game. But you know what, guys? I'm going, hey, I went lock of the week with our first game. Let's go upset special with the second game right here. I got the Nittany Lions to knock off the Badgers on the road in week one, not only to cover the five and a half, but to win straight up, win outright here. Guys, Wisconsin, what have they made their name on? They've made their name running the football. That's what they do. Big, physical, lugging offensive linemen, elite running backs. Going all the way back to Rondé, Monty, Ball, Taylor, all those guys, right? Well, that rush offense, that running game, was nowhere to be found last year, guys. 62nd in rush offense. What saved them last year was their defense. Jim Leonard is coming as as a defense coordinator and has They've always been good defensively, but he's taken them to another level. They are one of the top defenses in the country year in, year out right now under Jim Leonard and really don't have like elite talent. They don't. Leonard's just doing a great job. Graham Mertz, you're right, Charlie, does come back as as a, as a second-year starter. He started off with a bang last year in week one, dealt with some COVID issues, and really wasn't like great the rest of the season. So the hype kind of died down a little bit, but he's still a highly recruited guy coming out of high school. They're still very high on him. They're very hopeful he's going to be the best quarterback that they've had in, in recent history. I guess going back to maybe Russell Wilson years ago. But uh, I think he's going to be a good, solid quarterback. I think he's going to be better than, than Jack Cohn, who's now at Notre Dame. But I just I, I just don't know, man. Like The defense is going to be there. I don't know if they have the offensive line. I don't know if they have the playmakers at running back right now that they've had in the past to really kind of lean on what they've done traditionally. And without that... I don't know if they can just beat you through the air. That's not what Wisconsin's offense is built to do. Now, Penn State started off the year horrifically, guys. Remember last year, they were 0-5 to start the season, but they rallied. Give James Franklin credit. I do not like James Franklin, but they rallied under his leadership. They won their last four games. Defensively, that was the difference. They were much improved defensively the last four weeks of the season. They allowed under 300 yards a game in three of the last four games of the year. Sean Clifford is back at quarterback. Now, he has some proving to do, all right? This is a proven year for him. But he got the vote of confidence. That's why Will Levis transferred to Kentucky. And Clifford's kind of a dual threat guy. He's He's got a turnover issue, guys. That's been the problem with him. He can make plays with him. But he just turns the ball over, makes those boneheaded decisions, kind of like Jared Guarantano in a way, that Tennessee, you know, for the past couple years. 
but they're putting all their eggs in the Sean Clifford basket, going all in on him. You got Dotson at wide receiver. I think Penn State has more talent. They are clear. And actually, I don't, think, I don't think it's clear. They are the more talented team than Wisconsin. I know this is on the road, but it's that Big Ten, Big Noon Saturday on Fox. It just takes something away from the home environment when you're kicking off at, at noon. Is that, a, is that a central time zone? Is Wisconsin, Madison, is that central? That's a central time zone, right? Yeah. I'm just making sure. So it's 11 o'clock local. Do not look at me like I'm a moron, okay? I don't live in the central time zone. Geography. I just, like, where does the central time zone start? Like, I know Nashville's in the central time zone. Right, so if you know that, Wisconsin. Then, okay, then, yes, it's the, okay, it's the central time zone. Okay, yeah, dumb question. Fine, okay, I'll allow I'll, 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 Dumb question. But it's 11 o'clock kickoff there in Madison. I don't, it's not going to be a sleepy crowd because it is, you know, a, a big-time Big Ten matchup week one. They've been waiting for a full crowd, obviously. There were no crowds in the Big Ten last year, so they're going to be jacked up, but it's just not the same as a night game. I think Penn State has a chance to come in here and pull this upset, win the game outright, and that's exactly what I am picking them to do. So I'm taking the Nittanys to not only cover, but to also win. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Okay. Well, the Chick-fil-A kickoff classic will include preseason number one Alabama taking on the number 14 Miami Hurricanes in Atlanta on Saturday at 3.30. Everyone's looking forward to this game and waiting to see if Alabama is able to reload like every other season in about the last decade. But, not since Saban's been there. Yeah. What, 2007? How long has he been there? 2007. Wow, that's a long time. Don't forget, Charlie. Never forget. We beat Saban in his first season in Alabama. We did, we did. Matthew Stafford. Who did you yes. throw that game-winning touchdown pass to in overtime? That was a long time ago. Mikey Henderson. Yes, Mikey Henderson. Let's go. You got this. Mikey Henderson. You actually knew someone who was dating him, I think, at one point. Yeah, that, ooh. Yeah. Let's not talk about yeah, that. Yeah, that, that obviously <laughs> did not, I mean, God, that yeah, sucks. Yeah, that's not, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, well, I know you're skeptical and don't think they'll be able to bounce back like in years past. After they lost so many valuable players last year. And I was rereading an article in one of the magazines. And it was like, oh yeah, they really did lose yeah, a lot. A lot. When you see it in like list format. Yeah, you're like, like, oh, oh yikes, hey. okay. So Bama will be starting Bryce Young at quarterback, who is in his second year, but only took a limited snaps last year in mop-up duty. Whereas Miami will be playing with a more experienced quarterback with De'Eric King returning. 
Miami also has the entire offensive line returning and some valuable transfers like wide receiver Charleston Rambo coming over from OU. What a name. What a name. That, that is a great name. There's some great names in college football. I mentioned one earlier, Stormed Up, but Charleston Rambo. Yeah. Rambo. I like Charleston that. Rambo or Bakari Rambo? Bakari. Bakari. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Alabama's lost too much. Got to see it to believe it. I don't know. I'm going to go with the Canes to cover the spread. But you just said Alabama, like, they've lost a lot in the past, but they just reload, right? But 18 and a half is a lot of points. Yes. That's, I mean, I'm not good at math. That's almost three touchdowns, right? So that, that's fair. That's fair. All right. Well, here's my thing with this game. I, You guys know, I said in the predictions episode earlier this week, that I'm not buying Alabama as, I, they're going to be very good. I, I, I want to have them 11-1. and one. I think Charlie, we both have them 11-1. and one. I've got AM winning the SEC West. I think that's who Alabama loses to. Alabama's going to be awesome. You're right, Charlie. They just reload. I'm not saying they're not going to be good. They're going to be good. But they lost so, so, so much on offense. So many of those playmakers. And I'm sure Bryce Young's going to be very good. I, I, I don't even really doubt that. But is it going to be as good as Max Jones? I don't know. Right away? I don't know. As good as Tua? Right away? I don't know. Who are the receivers? Like, we know who the guys are going to be at receiver, but are they going to be at the same level as Jalen Waddell, Devontae Smith, Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, those kind of guys? We have seen nothing to suggest that. Now, maybe they will, but we don't know that right now. So I have questions about Alabama. They're going to be great on defense, but I also have questions about Miami. Miami is another team, top 15, getting some hype as a potential uh, ACC coastal champion, get a chance to maybe face Clemson in the ACC title game. I, I don't I, I know Derek King is the guy everyone's looking at, but who are the playmakers around him? You mentioned Charleston Rambo. Yes, they brought him in from Oklahoma. I don't know if he's like a, that kind of elite playmaker. I just I don't know. Defensively, they're they're pretty good. They're losing their two best pass rushers. I just don't think this Miami. I don't even. Know, I'm not sure if this Miami team's a top 15 team. I, I'll just go ahead and say it. I'm just not sure they're a top 15 team when it's all said and done. So. I think Alabama is vulnerable if they were playing a better team. I just don't think Miami is a team that's going to be able to expose them. And by the way, Alabama is going to be really good defensively. I think Alabama has enough offensively to score Miami. This is going to be a close one in terms of like, do they cover or not? But I'll say Alabama just ever so slightly covers the 18 and a half. I just, I'm not buying Miami right now. All right. Well, we'll see. We will see. All right, next up we have another Big Ten matchup with Indiana traveling to Iowa in another toss-up game with the spread at only three and a half. The Hawkeyes are ranked second in the Big Ten West Division and will be battling it out all season trying to get to the championship game. They need to show up and give running back Tyler Goodson from North Gwinnett some room to run. I think he's a sophomore this year. He might be a junior. Well, with the COVID year... If you count COVID, I guess he's a sophomore. I think it's his third year. I'm, I'm certain it's his third year out okay. of high school. Third year. So, lots of experience then. With this game being played at Iowa, I think the Hawkeyes will be able to cover the three and a hook. The crowd will play into it also. This is not basketball. It's football. So, I'm going with Iowa. The crowd can matter in basketball, too. Maybe not so much for Georgia basketball. Well, but Indiana is a... Oh, I get what you're saying. Okay, okay, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Okay, yeah, fair. Follow, okay, I mis I misinterpreted what you were saying. Got it. Makes sense. I'm dumb. Okay, we've established that already today. So you got Iowa to cover. Oh man. Okay. Um, Indiana. I will say. I know they had a nice year last year, but they were smoking mirrors last year. They've actually been pretty good for two years now. But if you really like dig into some of those games, they won a couple of those games with a lot of luck, a lot of fortunate calls. Like that first game of the year against Penn State, they really didn't win the game. It was a bad call that allowed them to win the game. 
But hey, they won the games, I guess. So you got to give them credit. But Michael Penix is back uh, from injury. Uh, Ty Freifogel, one of the rece- best receivers that you don't really hear me people talk about in the country. He's back as well. I believe they'll be good on offense. They're going to be good on defense too. Tom Allen does a good job getting this team ready to play. The cry is a little too much for me. It's almost like it's contrived now at this point, uh, his emotional outburst there. But I do think Indiana is going to be a good team this year. I, I, but when I say good, I'm thinking like 7-5, 8-4. You look at Iowa though, on the flip side, what is their ceiling? I think they're the same kind of team, 8-4, 7-5 tight team. Spencer Petrus at quarterback, he's back for another year as a starter, but uh, fine, he's okay. I do like Tyler Goodwin out of North Gwen, as you mentioned, Charlie. I think he's a really good running back that not a lot of people talk about. He's a good Big Ten running back. But it's kind of like Miami. Where are the playmakers outside of Tyler Goodwin? I don't think Petrus is an actual playmaker. They don't have playmakers out wide. They don't really ever at Iowa. They just play old school football. And defensively, they're, they were fine last year. They were pretty good. I just... I. Don't buy Indiana as like a Big Ten title contender. I don't at all. But I do buy them as a team that can go into Iowa and win this football game. So I guess this is a second upset special. Second, second upset special of Writing the week. This down again. We're doing it right in week one. Yeah, so I got Indiana to win outright. I think they got too much offense. I don't know if Iowa is going to be able to score with them. I know it's on the road. This is actually a second. Yeah, this is a second Big Ten upset special road dog upset special. Love it. Let's go. All right. Well, some people are pumped to watch LSU at UCLA, but I just don't find this game very appealing. With all the rumors swirling around about LSU, I find it hard to believe they're really ready for a productive and successful season. But that might just be me. Probably is me. I, I mean, do you think that has a really tangible impact on the team? Like, what's going on by the scenes in Civil A? Like, the players, does that really impact their performance? I think performance? it's a top-down effect because if the coaches have things that they're having to do or stressed out about, yeah. I think that that... Things slip between the cracks. Seeps yeah. into practice fair, and fair, whatnot. Fair, 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 UCLA did play last week in Week 0, which is de- a definite advantage because they can shake off the nerves... And they have um, the ability to tweak things where they had some weaknesses that showed in their first game versus Hawaii, although they did kill the Rainbow Warriors. You're you're poor Rainbow Warriors. I know. I I know know you're a big Rainbow Warrior fan. I do. Love that old logo, too. Why do they ever even move away? Don't get me started on that. It's it's one of the best in college football history. Okay. The The color scheme was beautiful. But I, now I agree, but you can do a uniform. Yeah, yeah, I don't know why I want to say that, but come show on. Another day. What, what a logo. I think the traveling may be hard on LSU, but it'll probably be another home game for LSU, which will be the mean the crowd is mostly LSU fans well, since UCLA can't get any fans there, anyways. Over under 5% of the fan, uh, of that stadium filled last week. I don't know. It had to be under, had to be under 5%. Yeah. It was like there were more people at the Clark Central game last week against Buford than there were at UCLA last sadly, last week. Seriously, that, sadly that might be true. I don't know. This one's a toss up for me. I'm gonna go with UCLA. Oh, this is your upset special. Yes, upset special. You gotta make a big deal. Of the upset special. You can't just slide in there. Oh, I got well, UCLA. I literally just decided. So okay, upset special UCLA. So you're buying the Bruin hype. I I don't, don't know about that. I'm just. Or you're not buying the LSU hype. Not buying LSU hype, I okay. guess. If, if, is there even LSU hype? I don't know. Uh, I don't exactly. know if there is. I told you guys in the prediction show I was pretty high on LSU a couple weeks ago until, you know, they've had some injuries they've had to deal with, specifically with Miles Brennan at quarterback. So Max Johnson from Oconee County is going to be the guy. He's a good quarterback. He's a tough dude. 
I just haven't like obviously he led them to the to the win against Florida in the swamp within the shoe game, but I so he did, he had a, a good solid game there. Florida's defense was trash last year though. So I just I don't know if, if I'm totally buying Max Johnson as like an elite SEC quarterback. I need to see more before I jump in there. But Keyshawn Butte is an elite receiver. At least he's a budding elite receiver. I think he's going to break out this year. He had three straight 100-yard games in the season last year. They got some really good players on defense. Uh, two studs at cornerback. I mean, it's the best cornerback duo probably in the country with Derek Stingley and Eli Ricks. B.J. Ojolari, I think, is one of the better pass rushers in the country. Uh, he's not exactly the same kind of pass rusher as his brother, as Aziz was. He's not as strong against the run, but maybe a more explosive pass rusher off the edge there. And they'll allow him to just get after the quarterback. LSU is one of the most talented teams in the country. They're one of the top five most talented teams anywhere in America. UCLA is better. They're building under Chip Kelly. We saw them running all over Hawaii with Zach Charbonnet last week. We saw that. But DTR, the guy that's a big part of that UCLA hype train, if, again, if there even is a UCLA hype train, but he's a big part of the optimism around UCLA this year, did not play well. He was barely 50% completion percentage. And that's kind of been what he's been throughout his career. He's been up and down and more down than up. He is a dual threat guy. I think LSU will be ready for the Bruin attack. I think they'll. I, there's no way UCLA is going to obviously run on them anywhere close to how they were able to run on, on Hawaii. LSU is a, a different animal. I've got the Tigers to go in there. It will be a home environment for them. Be a lot of uh, uh, crazy Cajuns there. So I'm going to LSU to not only cover the spread. I think they're going to cover it easily. I think they might win this game by double digits. All right, easily, huh? Yeah, okay. easily. You're wrong. Sorry, okay. I'm just going to be straight up with you. You're wrong. You're losing this one. All right, moving on to Sunday with the Fighting Irish traveling to Tallahassee to take on FSU. The Seminoles have had more than a rough few years and are not ranked in the preseason AP poll or the coaches poll as expected. Mike Norvell is entering his second season as a head coach and hopes to seriously improve his record from his COVID year of 3-6. and six. It's a tough start, but it was also a tough job to walk into. Well, there's been an off-season quarterback battle between McKenzie Milton and Jordan Davis. Excuse me, Travis. Jordan Travis won the job. Okay. They just, I think they announced that last night. Okay. I think they said Milton's going to play, but Jordan Travis is going to be the starter. Okay, and you can see where my mind is when I say Jordan Davis. Well, I mean, as a Georgia fan, that makes yeah. sense. I, I would, Sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'm cool with that. So FSU's been struggling, but then you have Notre Dame, a traditional football powerhouse that went to the college football playoff last year and is looking to prove themselves worthy again. While this game is at FSU and the Fighting Irish may start cramping up pretty quickly because it is pretty hot down there, I think Notre Dame will be able to cover the 7.5. Norvell's team is going to be better this year, but I think it's going to take a while for them to start clicking and Notre Dame is already, well, more of a complete team at this point, Yes, week one. I'm sorry, Charlie. I, I'm just trying to process the information you gave me. I, I had no idea it's hot in Tallahassee, Florida this time of year. I had no clue. Like, I, I just don't even know what to do with that information. Okay, Thank you for what's that. What's your pick? That's the kind of hard-hitting information you get on the Glory UGA podcast, guys. <laughs> just messing with you. Uh, all right, so this is a game. Where where What time zone is Wisconsin in? Mountain? <laughs> no. You probably Central. would. Central. Uh, is Colorado in the West? Is that the West Coast or Midwest? We're not getting it. Yes, Colorado. Today. By the way, guys, Colorado, let us know. Hit us up on Twitter, Instagram. Charlie and I disagree on this all the time. Is Colorado more West Coast or more Midwest? I want to hear your thoughts. Geographically. And I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to. I'm not. I'm, no, we're not going to give any clues on which side that we land. No. If you think, when you hear, when you hear the state Colorado, 
do you think more West Coast or more Midwest? That's all I'm gonna put out there. Let us know on Twitter. Let us know on Instagram. Just want to know. We need to settle an argument here, a long running argument. All right. So this is a game where. It's kind of like Alabama-Miami. I don't think that Notre Dame is going to be as good as they were, just like I don't think that Alabama is going to be as good as they as they were last year. However, I think Notre Dame is going to take much more of a significant step backwards this year than Alabama will. Alabama is still Alabama. They still recruit as well as anyone in the country. Notre Dame recruits well, not like Alabama. They're losing so much off that offense. They're losing the receiver. The top receivers are losing the quarterback. Ian Book, three-year starter, quarterback essentially or multi-year starter, at least, a quarterback. Sorry, it's two-and-a-half-year starter quarterback. No, three-year starter quarterback, yeah. Uh, losing a, their entire offensive line, which is maybe the best offensive line in the country last year. Yeah, Kyron, Kyron Williams comes back at, at running back, but, I mean, who's he running behind right now? They're losing some players on defense. They do have some key pieces coming back on defense. Kyle Williams from Georgia, so one of the better safeties out there. Drew White's an underrated inside linebacker. Myron Takavaloa-Mosa is a good defensive lineman. So they've got guys on each level that are good players, but they're losing a lot on defense as well. They're just losing a lot in general on this team. And you got Jack Cohn coming in from, from Wisconsin. This is a guy that got beat up by Graham Mertz, and Graham Mertz was like pretty good last year. And he's supposed to come in and keep the Notre Dame machine humming. I, I just don't see it right now. But So I, I, so I think that they're primed for for losing a game like this on opening week where people just haven't caught up yet. People are kind of overestimating, overestimating them. I don't think Notre Dame's a top 10 team, guys. I think when the season's all said and done, I'm not sure Notre Dame will even be ranked. Uh, maybe somewhere in the 20s. I think they're probably an 8-4-ish and four-ish team this year. I really believe that. So I think they're primed to be upset. I just don't think FSU's a team to do it. FSU's roster is not there yet. Jordan Travis is going to be the guy that's going to play quarterback for them most of that game. I just Mike Norvell is recruiting well right now. Their roster will get there. It's not there right now. He's still kind of dealing with a Willie Taggart mess and also, I guess, the, the remnants of the mess that Jimbo Fisher left him. So the roster's just not there yet. So I even though I'm not buying Notre Dame this year, I'm not high on them at all, I've got them to win the game. However, I think it's going to be closer than people think. The hook there, seven and a half, gets me. I'm going to take the Knowles to keep it close at home on Labor Day night and lose by less than seven and a half. That hook gets me. Wow. I know. I know. All right. I know. I just, I'm not buying Notre Dame. This is a risky one, but I'm not buying Notre Dame. All right. Well, moving on to the Labor Day. By the way, that's not Labor Day night. That's Sunday night. My bad. Yeah. Yeah. I have now that. we're moving on now to the Labor, Labor Day, Day game yeah. Yeah. on Monday night, which will be a battle between Louisville and Ole Miss. The Rebels, Black Bears, or... Land Sharks. Whatever. I don't know. Are currently Lane favored... Lane Trains. Yes. Just change the name to the Lane Trains. Yeah. Come on. Really officially. Should. Currently favored by 10 against the Cardinals. While the Louisville defense has experience and is going to be pretty decent this year, the Lane Train is going to be ready to go and will come out firing on all cylinders with Matt Corral returning at quarterback. I think Ole Miss will cover the spread easily on Monday night in Atlanta. Ole Miss, we know they can't stop a soul. They can't. I mean, there, there's no resistance there. There wasn't last year. The worst defense in the league or in, in the country, worst defense in the SEC in a long time. They'll probably marginally better this year. You would think they got some players coming back, and you just think you're under the system and no COVID to deal with. Probably be a little bit better, but how much that remains to be seen. They just need to be just ever so slightly better because you're right Charlie I don't think this offense is going to miss much would be I know Elijah Moore's gone but you got Braylon Sanders Jonathan Mingo at at receiver those guys can fill right in. and it's the system really more than anything the re- Elijah Moore is fantastic they were able to move him around do different things with him he was great 
but that system just puts up numbers. It, it, it just does. Braylon Sanders, Mingo, they can they can handle it there. Matt Corral is a good fit for that system. Uh, Jaron Ely is a fantastic running back. They run the ball more than people give them credit for. They think it's just a like lane train, just up-tempo, throw the ball over the field. And they do throw the ball a lot, but they'll run the ball too. Ely is a really, really good running back. He's a two-athlete guy, a two-sport athlete. He plays baseball as well for the Ole Miss baseball team. Louisville... They disappointed me last year. I thought they had some pieces offensively to be better than they were, but things just kind of spiraled out of control. They dealt with some COVID issues. Then their coach, Scott Satterfield, uh, really flirted strongly with South Carolina. It was pretty open about it, too. So that kind of rubbed the fan base the wrong way. It rubbed the players the wrong way. So there's, I don't know if there's some kind of seething discontent just kind of under the surface there. So I'm going to go Ole Miss to win this game confidently. 10 is a big number. But you know what? Let, let, let's go with it. Let, let's go with the, with the lane train, the fighting lane Kiffins, and let's go Ole Miss to cover the 10. I just don't know. Louisville lost. I know they got the quarterback coming back. They lost too many other pieces offensively. Tutu Atwell, Des Fitzpatrick lost those guys. I just don't think they're going to be as explosive offensively this year. I do think Satterfield's a good coach, but there's just some issues there kind of under the surface. So I'm going to go Ole Miss to win and cover the 10. Rebels by double digits. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. All right. Well, do, 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 do. do we have one more game? This is the time you or the game. Can you do that one more time for me? No. Oh, I liked it. Got it one time. I don't know where that came from. You can listen it back. Listen to it back <laughs> later. That came out of nowhere. All right, I'm excited. I liked it. I liked it. I'm excited too. I'm glad you're excited. Can I host now? Please go ahead, host. All right. Well, this is a game you've all been waiting for us to talk about, and you've been hearing about for months. Years? We've been waiting on this game for years. Like we've known it's been coming. Yeah. Well, the dogs and the tigers will meet in Charlotte on Saturday night for a knockdown, dragout fight. Many preseason polls have both teams in the playoff or at least making it to the conference championship games. This is currently a coin flip game with Clemson favored by three. The Dogs have a more experienced quarterback with JT Daniels, but we also have some injuries and questions on the defensive side of the ball. Clemson has a lot of returning players, and they're just as hungry after losing to Ohio State E in the first round of the college football playoff last year. You've been hearing about this for months on this podcast and all other outlets. Overall, I'm going with the dogs to win. You had a great breakdown. Thank you, Charlie. This week, kind words. Especially I appreciate talking it. about DJ Ungalale. Repeat after me. Ui. Ui Ungalale. Ui Ungalale. There Thank we go. You. Not all bad. Right, everybody, not bad. listen back and practice. Ui Ungalale. All so right. After this week, we won't need to say that name anymore. No. We'll just say DJ U. All right. Well, I hope I didn't just jinx us, but I'm going with the dogs. Going with the dogs. Here we are. The final, final prediction. Charlie, you're right. We've talked about this game more than maybe any game in the history of the Glory J podcast. Like we just had so much time to talk about it and focus on this game. 
And uh, it's here. It is here, man. And we've talked a lot about it through this week. So those of you who've been listening to, to the show, you listened to the, the predictions episode where you heard me say we're going to go 12-0. If you listen to my breakdown of the game, where I didn't give you my full prediction, but the game preview show earlier in the week, you know, there really isn't any mystery behind where I'm going with this pick. You guys know that I think the dollars are going to win this game. If you join us on our Instagram live session on Monday, you actually know my, my real score prediction. I gave you guys a little sneak peek at that score prediction. So you guys know. You know I'm picking the dogs to win this game. But I will also say, as I made clear throughout this week, I'm not as confident in that pick as I was about a month or so ago. I told you early in the offseason, I didn't have too many doubts that we were going to win this game. We're the more talented team, more experienced team, hungrier team. Thought we were going to win this football game. And I still think we're going to win the football game. I'm not as confident in that, though, as Charlie said. There are some injuries that we've been dealing with to some important players. That certainly reduces my level of confidence. Now, there are rumors out there, and that's all they are right now. They're rumors. And I just kind of saw this a little bit earlier today, right before we got on the show. So I don't really have any inside information here. But there are some rumors that there might be some Clemson players, who, some important players, some starting players on the Clemson roster who might not be playing, dealing with some COVID issues. But even if they're kind of dealing with COVID right now, they could potentially test out of it and be ready to play. Who knows? But there, that's another layer to this right now as well. But let's talk a little bit about why I think Georgia's going to win this game. And we, again, we talked about this all week, but let's just kind of summarize it for everybody here. Football is a game of matchups, guys. That's what football is. There are matchups in this game that do favor Clemson. I would probably give Clemson the edge against our offensive, their defensive line against our offensive line. But I think the bigger mismatch and the biggest mismatch in this game is in our favor, which would be our defensive line versus the Clemson offensive line. I think the run game is going to decide this game. If you listen to the preview episode, you guys know that was my one key to the game. Whoever wins the run game battle wins this football game. And here's some stats to back that up. In Clemson's two losses last year to Notre Dame in the regular season and Ohio State in the playoff, they ran for under 100 yards in both those games. They were actually were under 50 yards in both those games. And their two losses, again, to Notre Dame and Ohio State, they also gave up defensively 462 yards rushing. So, huh, in the two games they lost, they ran for under 50 yards, and they gave up over 200 yards in both those games. So it's going to come down to that, guys. If you beat Clemson, you've got to stop their run, and you've got to be able to run the football on them. That's the recipe. And I think that's good news for us. Because we are more equipped, in my opinion, we are more equipped to stop their run game with our defensive front. I think our defensive front is going to dominate the Clemson offensive line. I don't think they're going to be able to do anything against our against our defensive front. I think we're going to be able to stop their run with even numbers and be able to play more coverages back there, be able to play three over two, four over three, and really protect some of our inexperienced guys back there in the secondary. So I think we're more equipped to stop their run game, and I also think that we're more equipped to run against their front seven. It's not going to be easy. They're going to hit some negative plays because they're just very aggressive up front. So we have to be prepared for their blitz packages and their aggressive play, that attacking style of defense. And look, we have to understand, be patient. They're going to create some negative plays. That's what this defense is designed to do. They've had more tackles for loss and more sacks than any team in the country over the past eight years. That's how good they've been. That's what they're built to do. What We have to understand that. What we cannot do, we can give up a couple of negative plays. It's okay to punt every now and then, guys. We don't have to score every single drive. That's fine. We've got to score enough, but it doesn't have to be every drive. What we cannot do is give up the catastrophic plays. How many of y'all watched the Nebraska game last week, right? Those catastrophic plays are what killed Nebraska. Nebraska should have won that game. They were the more talented team. They were the better team. But 
they did win because they had catastrophic plays that cost them that game. Where they're trying to field a punt inside the two-yard line, quarterback fumbling with 30 seconds before half, they pick it up, run back for a touchdown, missing two extra points. You can't have those kind of plays. So as long as we're just safe and protect the football, we'll be okay. But ultimately, we have the talent edge and we have the matchup edge in the one area, the run game, both sides of the ball, both lines of scrimmage, that I think is the key to the game and I think will ultimately end up deciding this game. So let's go. Dogs win it closer than I thought a couple months ago, but I got the dogs to win this one 31 to 27. Heck, it's a third upset special of week one. I'm going big week one of these upset specials, Charlie. I got three. Okay, now you gotta pick you got? three every week. No, that's no. If I if I like the upsets, I'll go with the upsets. I try to be intellectually honest here, but I got three in week one. How many did you have? One? I picked Miami to cover. What was your lock of the week? Did you even tell us what your lock of the week was? I did not, but I think I'm gonna go with um Ole Miss. Ole Miss, lock of the week, lock it up over Louisville. I like it. I like it. Lock it up. If you could see my face, I'm not so sure, but I'll yes, lock it up. I know this is not a visual medium, but I can I can attest that guy. She's certainly not sure about this. I wrote this. a question mark next to that. Lock? One. Question mark? It's like uh, I I know you love Anchorman. What is your favorite movie, right? No. Hate that movie. I'm Ron Burgundy? No. Yeah, anyway. No, All right, guys, that does it for us here today. Week one picks. Had fun doing this. Make sure to follow us on Instagram if you aren't already. We'll have all these picks up there for you every week or all the games for you to pick so you guys can get on the action and we'll keep a running tally of your picks as well as a group of listeners. So we'll see how you guys match up with Charlie and I throughout the course of this 2021 season. But it's here, guys. It is for all practical purposes. It is here. Enjoy your weekend. If you're going to the game, have a heck of a time. Stay safe. Have a great time. Stay safe. Be smart. But also, if you're not going to the game, Enjoy your football Saturday. It's been a long time coming, guys, but here it is. Got a lot of football this weekend. Soak it up, live it up, enjoy it, and we will be back next week to very hopefully talk about a big Georgia Bulldogs victory over the Clemson Tigers. But thanks for listening, guys. For Charlie, I'm Tyler, and as always, go dogs.